It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the show, Monday Night Sports Talk, with you until 6 o'clock this evening, right here on News Talk 1400 DWS. Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette, is here. Also, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, is off this evening. Coming up at 5.30, we'll talk things over with Doug Altenberger on Fighting Illini Basketball. And Matthew, a lot to talk about when you uh, talk about this basketball team. Up to number two today in the AP poll, number one seed in the NCAA tournament. An exciting few days in Indianapolis with the Big Ten Basketball Tournament Championship. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty memorable weekend uh, for the Illini and a, a stirring run that they're on right now. And, and they've really not only captivated the attention of fans locally here in, in Champaign-Urbana, and that's been the case for, for quite some time, I would say almost for the last six months or so, uh, ever since uh, Iowa DeSumo and Kofi Coburn announced they'd return. But just to do what they did on, on the national stage uh, this weekend to give a, a national television audience a glimpse of, of what this program is capable of, uh, there's a reason why all the pundits out there are picking them to, to go on a deep run in the NCAA tournament, and uh, they showed why uh, this past weekend. And they uh, kind of capitalized Scott Ritchie on that national television audience, just made that game go a little longer (laughs) (laughs) in overtime. So you know you had everybody tuned in to uh, watch the selection show, and they got some bonus basketball, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, they they must have planned it that way, (laughs) knowing that everyone was going to hit CBS for Selection Sunday to find out the bracket. But, oh, oh, wait, here's five more minutes of Ohio State and Illinois. I'm sure, actually, they would have preferred if Dwayne Washington just didn't go off in the second half. Well, I tell you, he was something. I I mean, he was making a lot of really tough shots, too. And at one point in that that run, I would assume it was, said he told Brad Underwood, put me on him, put some length on him. And if he, and I also said this after the game, it was kind of interesting. It's like, if Dwayne Washington hits the shot to win it for him, I want it to be on me. And when they <clears throat> came out, Ohio State couldn't make anything. One for their first 16, I think it was, and then they couldn't miss. Yeah, it was uh, – well, I mean, I think early in the game, it looked like Ohio State was playing its fourth game in four days. I mean, yes. Every shot they missed at the front of the rim, it was like they just didn't have their legs under them. And then um, I don't know exactly what happened, but then they all just started going. I think they made their last seven in the first half and, you know. It was a 17-point Illinois lead at one point. I was like thinking, I was like, well, there's going to be no drama in this one. Um, glad I didn't like tweet that out. Or <laughs> uh, just to get a hit with an old take right there. But uh, it was a, it was another really good Big Ten basketball game, and you know Ohio State uh, certainly you know brought the, the drama. We've got the phone lines open two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. If you'd like to join us now, Matthew, the slate is. Clean. <laughs> nice winning streak for Illinois. Seven straight, 14 out of 15. Doesn't mean much now, does no, it? No, now they got to go slay some dragons uh, on, on Friday. Dragons. So, uh, I see what you did there. Yeah, thanks, Scott. I have to save that one up uh, 
about the past 24 hours or so ever since <laughs> the bracket came out but uh yeah it's a it's a chance for them to to lock back in uh obviously we've seen history happen in the NCAA tournament in the past couple of years in t- 2018 with number one seed Virginia losing to number 16 seed Maryland Baltimore County uh but Illinois is going to go into Friday afternoon's tip at 12 15 at Farmers Coliseum in, in Indianapolis a heavy favorite and, and rightfully so um, but and you'd have to think too for Brad Underwood's program, it is an advantage for them having already been in Indianapolis. Uh, for the, they left last Thursday from from uh, Bielfeld Oven to come uh, to the Circle City, and they've been there ever since. And um, not sure when Drexel got into town. Uh, maybe today, possibly ahead of uh, their Friday afternoon uh, tip over there. But you'd have to think that has, that breeds some familiarity for. Illinois, I know they're going to be playing in a new venue, the smallest venue of, of the six that are in play for the NCAA tournament, um, a venue that's hosted, what, the, the farm show or the, the – Scott, fill me in on – Cattle on show. Cattle show, there you go. Yeah. Farmer's Coliseum, so you'd think they'd, they'd host some events like yeah, that. And they've had a lot of musical shows yeah. there over the years. And Beatles were there. And Uwe Pooey plays basketball there, so. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Uh, <laughs> with uh, the NCAA limiting – fans to 25% capacity. Um, not that many people are going to get into Farmer's Coliseum, and tickets right now, uh, prices are skyrocketing. Like There's only 1,700 available, and, and those are split between four schools. And You'd have to think, though, the, the din of noise would be elevated being in that small of an arena, maybe. Yeah. Well, also, Trying to look at this in a positive I mean, side. If, if you're going to spend what's now, I think, the price of any, any available tickets at your starting point is six hundred dollars. That's Scott's weekly salary. Here. And maybe if they have, <laughs> you know, if they've had a, re- if they've had a recent cattle show, <laughs> maybe it'll smell like South Farms and it'll <laughs> be right at home. Let's go to the phones. Hey, Neil is with us. Hey, what's going on, Neil? Good. How are you, Steve? On out. Talk to Scott Ritchie. Scott Ritchie. Um, I want to congratulate Illinois on the win of the Big Ten. And then a couple more things I want to say is I wish Illinois all the luck in the world. But one thing I want to ask you is, uh, did you really think that Illinois would be in this position in November when they started playing basketball? I want to see what you have to say about that. I mean, as a, num- a call. I mean, as number one seed in the country, maybe. I mean, I try to think where I voted Illinois in the preseason poll. Uh, and... I don't remember, to be honest. You but, had like fourth or fifth, I think. Oh, well, thanks, Neil, because uh, uh, that's been 17 weeks ago. Um, I don't know fifth. So, I mean, obviously I thought they'd be pretty good. Uh, there was a stretch there where they lost to Maryland and Ohio State back-to-back where uh, they weren't maybe playing their best basketball. But then, you know, they've won, I think, 13 out of their last 14. They've sort of lived up to sort of the, the expectations that came when, I would assume, when Kofi Coburn said they were coming back so i mean now looking at like as maybe a potential title favorite i don't know if i would have said that um in november but they, they were going to be pretty good and they've just been really good anything else Neil? nope you guys have a great show and uh thanks for your time as always you bet Take we, care. we thanks, appreciate Neil. the call neil again if you want to join us 217-356 9397. Some other stuff to talk about. There's certainly a lot of Illinois basketball news to get to and uh, keep you updated on as far as when they play again. It'll be Friday afternoon, 12 15 Champagne time against Drexel. 
a team that went four and five in conference play and then I guess got hot, if you want to call it that. They won three games in their conference tournament to become the automatic qualifier. Yeah, I uh, had to get a refresher course from Scott Ritchie on where Drexel is today. They're located in Philadelphia. They're one of the big four there in Philadelphia, aren't they? No, I mean, it's the big five in Philly. Big five, big five in Drexel. Yeah, and Drexel's, <laughs> yeah, okay. Drexel's the 16 <laughs> okay. of the big five. Uh, so they're, they're sort of on the outside looking in. Uh, they had a pretty significant COVID pause in February. You know, went, you know, didn't play between February 7th and the 26th, but uh, the the CAA conference ter- the conference tournament was just like upset filled from the, the get go, um, and Drexel beat the two and three seed um, before taking down Elon in the championship game, and Elon had beaten the number one seed. Yeah, Elon was the eight seed in the CAA tournament, and uh, Drexel was the six seed, so they they come in with a twelve and seven record. And Colonial is not a league to you know sneeze at at all. It, it's got some quality teams over the years. That's the the league that George Mason was in when they went to the Final Four in 2006. Uh, they've got some some teams there in the past, and uh, Zach Spikers, their fifth-year coach, uh, was at Army beforehand, and Drexel's making their first tournament appearance since 1996. And I know all this because I just read what Scott wrote in tomorrow's paper about them. Let's go back to the phones and welcome Steve into the program. You're on the air. Go ahead, Steve. Hi. Uh, what I'm going to say is just an opinion. This is how the uh, selection committee awards the number one seed by putting them in the smallest venue with the smallest seating so that they can negate the Illinois fan base and hopefully give Drexel an opportunity. Any comment? Uh, I think you should just be happy Illinois is back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2013, but that's just my opinion. I mean, the NCAA is totally out to get Illinois, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. Uh, it's it is what it is. Like someone was going to have to play at Farmers Coliseum. Like Iowa's this number two seed. They're playing at Farmers Coliseum. They brought a Michigan State could have played there. They're playing at Purdue Lafayette. Well, that's because that's where all of the first four games are happening. And and Michigan State has to win on Thursday in order to get a first round game. Yeah, it's okay. If Illinois wins on Friday, then do they play again at that same venue? Would they play uh, Chicago? Loyola Marymount, if they if they win, no, not necessarily. Well, if Loyola of Chicago wins, they would play Illinois, but we don't know where that would be. And they're not even playing at Farmers Coliseum. Those two teams, they're playing at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I, I was like holding out for Hinkle. Just because I was too. I, I'd but never that only is so ninety one hundred. So nothing is planned out as to where the teams go until what the day of or well, after it, the game. It, it may be planned out, but it hasn't been announced. Uh, the, the NCAA okay. may have a master plan back there, but nothing through the first round has been made public that the, I'm aware the, of. The, the first four and the first and second round games can be played at six venues. Once the Sweet 16 starts, that right. that's when the venues All right. go yeah, down I'm to... I'm just saying it's going to be interesting to see how this rolls forward. So uh, that was just an opinion, so thanks. Okay, thank you. If Illinois were to play for the national title game, it'd be at Lucas Oil Stadium where you can have up to 17,000 yes. or so right now. 17,500, I think, is yeah. 25% of... It, Seventy thousand. <laughs> and, and on a on a positive note, there's fans there, and there were fans at the Big Ten tournament this past weekend. And Scott, you were there. I think that made a noticeable difference, not only in the play on the court, but just the overall atmosphere of the moment. Yeah, and yeah, you know, I tweeted this on Friday, I guess. But like the first time I heard the crowd roar, you know, Purdue was making a, its second half comeback against Ohio State, and like I was startled just because I'd 
watch college basketball in empty arenas for the entire season. And it was just so strange to be somewhat normal again. But like championship game on Sunday, uh, 8,000 tickets sold. I would say at least 7,500 went to Illinois fans. Like they, they scooped them up because there was a significant advantage from the crowd. And I mean, yeah, Farmers Coliseum, that's a, it's a rough pick you know, for Illinois to, to get there in the first round. But I'll, I'll use Brad Underwood's favorite, least favorite saying it is what it is. Like just, I mean, and who's there, next? There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. So just maybe enjoy Illinois being in the NCAA tournament as a one seed and you know, a team everyone thinks can make the final four. Well, they'll get a chance to, I'm sure, get in there and practice a little bit in there somewhere along the way. And I hope. Well, I mean, most of the practices are going to be held at the convention center in downtown Indianapolis. That's okay. where they've set up like at least a dozen courts, and every team has kind of a meeting room there. So that hmm. that's kind of the main part, but. Uh, I'm not sure that they'll get much run in Farmer's Coliseum before the game starts. Just Baskets are 10 feet high. Right? <laughs> exactly. I've heard that. I, I mean, you can go out and measure it. I've I've seen it done. And if you want to go back, you can go back to November when the News Gazette published its season preview special section with Scott Ritchie's cover story themed around the fact that the baskets are 10 feet high and 15 feet from free throw line to the hoop. We'll talk more about the uh, – the Midwest, if you will, <laughs> bracket. All, all four of the Midwest. <laughs> the, about, we'll talk, the, talk about the Illinois bracket when we come back as well, but some jobs open around the country. If you're a head basketball coach, Indiana fires Archie Miller. Minnesota parted ways with Richard Patino. DePaul got rid of uh, Dave Lado For again. the second time. <laughs> Um, and Iowa goes the other way, and they extended Fran McCaffrey for four years. So a lot of talk about the Indiana job and uh, the Minnesota job as well. And don't know who's going to get what, but uh, it's getting to that time of year where it becomes interesting. Yeah, I don't think Hoosier fans are going to be able to lure Brad Stevens away from the Boston Celtics, no matter how much they, they wish. And, and Scott Drew is the hot name right now uh, for Indiana, native son of the state. and. Yeah, it's interesting hearing that Archie Miller gets fired because four years ago his name was bandied about for the Illinois job, and he'd done such an impressive job at Dayton that he was kind of the hot name uh, among the coaching carousel uh, that year, along with Greg Marshall, which looking back on it now is just bizarre to think about considering how his tenure ended at Wichita State. And uh, Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, well, and the whole thing that year was like, Loser of Dayton, Wichita State exactly. is the next Illinois <laughs> basketball coach. Yeah, and that was obviously before yeah, Brad Underwood, but um, crazy times. And uh, the most notable thing about Archie Miller's firing is a single Indiana booster is going to fork over the $10 million to buy him out. And obviously that number will drop if he when he gets hired again. But um, whoever is the next Indiana basketball coach, you better like want that job because it's – I mean, in theory, a great job. In the Big Ten, Indiana's got a storied history, but that job sucks. <laughs> hey, like, Kelvin Sampson gets the coach again in Bloomington. That's great. Uh, <laughs> but, like, the fan expectations are so rooted in the 1970s and 80s, and if you don't put another banner up in Assembly Hall, like, you're done. Hi, I'm a businessman from <laughs> Indiana. How much do you all need? I wonder if Robert. <laughs> Ten Montgomery, million, okay. I wonder if Robert Montgomery Knight was the guy that gave the ten million. Dollars. I don't know. Um, like Scott Dolson is their athletic director. Like name dropped Mark Cuban. 
during his press conference, so maybe Cubes came through. <laughs> it is 526. This is Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. We're heading towards 6 o'clock. Feel free to join us if you would like at 217-356-9397. We'll take a time out and talk some more basketball. Doug Altenberger will join us after this here on DWS. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Monday Night Sports Talk with you until 6 o'clock here on DWS. Here's truly Steve Kelly with Matt Daniels and Scott Ritchie, writers for the News Gazette and the sports editor of the News Gazette, Matt Daniels. We'll talk more Illinois basketball, NCAA tournament basketball. The guy that's been there, done that, is our friend Doug Altenberger on the line with us. Doug, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm just getting over uh, a full weekend of, of basketball uh, and uh, March Madness and the NCAA selection. I had a little hangover. I, I you know, uh, after listening, all my wife's like, "Are you still watching this?" It was like <laughs> seven o'clock at night. Uh, look, look uh, listen to Billis. Uh, I've learned over the years, whatever he picks, do the opposite. So that's my I'm working on my bracket right now. Well, we've had <laughs> we've had so many years that uh, if we watched that show at all, we we didn't watch it very long because in the past Illinois wasn't going to get picked. So uh, it was kind of fun to watch it a little bit longer, wasn't it? Oh yeah, no, I mean you, know, I mean we knew that. I mean I felt strongly we would be a, a one seat, even if we lost to Ohio State. Uh, selection committee doesn't have time to messing around with all that stuff. So going into that game, uh, you know, just playing for the hardware, we, I think we already had the seed pretty much sewed up from the gauntlet that we went through the last, I don't know, two or three weeks. Uh, you know, if anybody deserves a one seed, it was, it was uh, the fighting Illini. They, they worked hard, and, they, and, they, and uh, they gutted out that winning against Ohio State. So it was fun to watch it, and, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm pumped up for the next few weeks. Doug, obviously a lot of attention focused, rightfully so, on, on Io DeSumo, but I think Illinois doesn't win the Big Ten tournament title without the contributions that Trent Frazier and, and Andre Corbello made in, in Sunday's game against Ohio State. What have you seen in, with those two in particular, how they've kind of adapted to playing with DeSumo and, and also just elevating their game at the same time? Well, I mean, Brad's talked about it. You know, Io's the alpha dog, and uh, those guys are um, – you know, had to sort of, you know, figure out how to how to get in line. Not get in line, but you know, be able to uh, you know play within that system. You know, when uh, Iowa went down, you know, these guys all stepped up. I mean, uh, and to win a game yesterday, you're going to have Demonte hitting the big threes. You got Georgie going in there, scoring ten straight points. You've got Trent, you know, just doing what he's been doing for stepping his game up. And the last, you know, I don't know, seems like the last six weeks really stepped it up ever since that Indiana game where he made those huge stretch for us in uh, overtime. I mean, he just makes big shots for us. And Corbello, you know, Corbello can be Corbello because this is just my two cents, because he's got some solid uh, fundamental dudes around him that are, that are just balling right now. And so he can make mistakes and do things which he's going to do a little bit, but, you know, um, turn the ball over or whatever. But he can do that because he's got guys around him that don't make a lot of mistakes. So he's able to make plays, relax, and do all that. You know, if this, this was a different type of team, you know, Brad, Brad unfortunately, fans don't understand. But uh, as a coach, you know, you can't have too many mistakes out there. But Curbelo has blossomed. 
uh, in the last couple of weeks with Io coming down. So, you know, all those guys, everything's coming together, and they're playing great, um, and they're finding ways to win basketball games, and, you know, they're not doing the same. You know, they're figuring it out every night. Uh, someone else has got to step up. So it's and it's the joy to watch these guys. And they, Brad talked about it uh, in Ohio State. Hey, smile. Let's have fun. You know, they sort of had this attitude. Uh, they're one and done, you know, because they had to win all these games to get a chance to win the Big Ten championships. And uh, so, you know, they came in with an assignment and chip on their shoulder and, and you know, uh, won three, or well, three in a row against really tough teams again. And I don't know, I just see him going into the, end of the tournament where they say, listen, what we've done the last two weeks, you know, let's uh, let's roll, let's get this thing going. So, I, I mean, I just got a great feeling about this team. They're playing great. And Doug, to kind of build off that, just, you know, you mentioned the gauntlet that they've faced over the, you know, the end of the regular season and through the Big Ten tournament. But how relevant is that to making a run in the NCAA tournament where they sort of know that they've – you know, beating a slew of really talented teams and you know, won all these games in a row when, you know, they've got to win six more. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you went on the road uh, in in any uh, in the Big Ten and then do what they did against the top teams in the country, uh, a road win gives you uh, a, a so much more confidence. And then when your bench plays well and then the coach can trust that bench and the guys can see that, um, it's just it it starts to uh, uh, really breed itself, and it becomes a you know it just spreads. And so right now, you know, because of what they've been through, you know, losing IO and then playing the guys all coming up off the bench and everybody stepping their game up, um, you know, from a confidence. And then Brad's like, hey, go in there. I mean, he's not hesitating, thinking, well, you know, should I put in Corbello? Am I worried about this or? you know, Georgie or whatever. I mean, um, you know, now, I mean, he, 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 as you saw against Ohio state, you know, he's putting guys in and out, rotating guys around, uh, getting them in and out. And then you know, if they make a mistake, fine, you know, let's just keep play through it. So I, I, I always felt like if you can, if you went on the road, it's like, it's like three home games. I mean, it really, uh, it, it's just, you know, it's just the 12 guys, you know the coaches. You know, of course, you got in this day and age, you got a lot more support people. But you know, you're it's it's uh it's a big confidence booster for what they went through. So I I think right now, I mean, I personally think they're probably the most confident team uh, in the country right now because what they went through, um, and they'll be battle tested because everybody's going to run at them, and it's they haven't been in the NCAA tournament, um, and so but Brad's been around, the staff's been around, they've got a get these guys, you know, okay, uh, you won the Big Ten Championship, that's great, the tournament, but, you know, uh, let's let's keep this ball rolling. And it, it sounds like, you know, they're in that mode, that mind frame. So it's uh, this is as good as a team I've seen since, you know, D. Brown and Darren Williams, these guys are ready to roll. Talking to Doug Altenberger, you played on some pretty good teams back in your time. Matter of fact, that Lauren Tate and I had one of your buddies, Bruce Douglas, on our Saturday morning show, and we uh, – Reminisced a little bit with him about uh, his time in NCAA tournaments and some of his memorable games. What about yours? What stands out when you think about your playing days in the NCAA tournament? Well, I mean, for me, you know, as a team, you know, we we were sort of had the mindset this team had. Um, my sophomore year, we won the Big Ten championship. Uh, we didn't have a tournament, but we felt uh, we were on a roll. Uh, guys, 
uh, you know, we're just had the same sort of uh, chemistry they talk about uh, among, you know, we were all just playing uh, hard for each other. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we were just all on the same page. Um, so, that, that, you know, that, I mean, for me, you know, I, I, I remember the Georgia Tech game, um, you know, I made a bunch of shots in a row. We were coming back playing against Georgia Tech team and we almost upset them. We know we lost. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, I, I sort of enjoyed it because Billy Packard said I, I shot a bad shot. It was pretty far away. And then I proceeded to make about seven in a row. That'll show <laughs> you know. eat, his word, eat his words. Not that I'm a Bill, uh, you know, uh, Billy Packard fan, as you could tell. But, um, you know, that was a big highlight for me. And, and uh, Was it Mark back. Price uh, Mark Price in that game as well? Yeah, Mark Price. And they were loaded. They had, you know, they had uh, John Sally, yeah. uh, Hammonds. And, I mean, they had like four guys playing the NBA on that team. Uh, Mark Price. And then they had some other, you know, they were just loaded. And uh, we made a run at them and uh, almost upset them. And then uh, we had a, if we won that, then you got to play Georgetown. And I think that year they might have won the national championship. So, you know, the East bracket was pretty rough. Uh, back then, so you know, and that's the nice thing about these guys—they've got a good seed. Uh, I feel like Illinois is in a good place. We've got, you know, we played well in Indianapolis. It's close to home, and on the radio, I mean, it sounded awesome. The Harbor fans there, um, I, and this place someone told me today where we're playing at. I, I don't know if it was indoors or outdoors wherever we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, whatever it takes, right? And I'm like, I go, you know, wait a minute, is this a, are we playing inside or what's going on? Here? So, but you know what? The best team right now, you can put them anywhere in the country. I think they're uh, playing outdoors. It, it, uh, they're, they're ready to roll. So, anyway. Well, Dougie, you mentioned you know, you're shooting, and your senior year you shot from three particularly well. I'm just curious if you've seen anything as incredible as what DeMonte Williams has done over the last four years where he went from – uh, you know, shooting like twenty percent from three to being one of the best three point shooters in the country, especially in catch and shoot situations. Something in the water in Peoria. Uh, no. I, I mean, I've seen. I think like Chris Gandy that one year with Kruger when he came back, uh, and and Chris played. You know, his senior year played just you know phenomenal. Um, but the thing about Demonte is, is when he takes the shots, there's a lot on the line. I mean, it's not like he's just you know we we were blown an old valve out there and all of a sudden he stepped up in that first half and hit, you know, and then the second half too, but hit some big shots for us, big threes. Um, and you know, he's just, uh, you know, hard nosed, uh, guy that loves to play for his teammates, you know, Brad fallen in love with them, you know, freshman year. He just said, you know, I love this guy's attitude. I love the way he approaches the game. He's my type of player. Um, and they've been, you know, begging him to shoot it over the years. But this year, boy, I mean, he's just uh, – he has stepped up since game one. And you leave him open, he's going to bury it. And uh, he's got ice in his veins uh, against Ohio State. We need every one of those buckets. So I, I love him. You know, he's, uh, he's a Peoria kid. And uh, and I, I, I've, I've just, you know – watched him over the four years he gives you the defense the rebounding he does all the things and you know came in you know has been you know has to guard bigger guys or you know muscled up a little bit because sometimes georgie if kofi's in foul trouble kofi 
I mean, if Kofi's in foul trouble, Georgie uh, sometimes struggles with them on the perimeter or the big. So he's had to play those guys, guard those guys. So, I mean, I, I just – I think he's just a uh, – and he's a nice young man. Uh, you know, I travel with the team. He's just – he's quiet, but he's confident. So I, I just – it's great to see him have the success and then have him play this so well in that championship game. It was cool. Doug, as a former player, how much pride does it give you – where the program is at now compared to where it had been in, in previous years at all? Well, I mean, I like, I mean, it's, you know, like Steve said, Hey, I mean, it was nice Sunday to, to stay up after the tournament and see where we were going to be seated and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, we're in a national spotlight. Our program has had great pride. Um, and I didn't think we'd turn it around. I didn't think Brad and his staff would turn it around as quickly as they did. Um, and to do what they've done in four years from, you know, going from the outhouse to the penthouse, I mean, um, it, I mean it's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I um, uh, you know, Brad has created a culture here, uh, next man up. They work hard every day. He's got a great staff. Um, and, you know, they've, they've done a great job recruiting, um, you know, Kofi, uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of programs miss, miss the, uh, player development, you know, looking at them. And I mean, you know, Corbello, we've got is a great player, Adam Miller, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, uh, I guess it's going on, gone, you know, the evaluation, uh, of, of the type of players they brought in and, and Georgie, you know, getting him and I mean, They've just done a great job on all aspects. So I'm, I mean, it's cool. I mean, my phone blew up over the weekend. People are texting me, uh, and you know, today at work, you know, guys are calling, send me an email. Hey, go Illini, and it's it's just so fun, you know, to have the program work back where it's at. And uh, as a player, you know, it's just it was frustrating to watch us, you know, five six years ago where you know by. You know, I looked at Brian sometimes, you know, it would be halftime at Indiana or Purdue and we'd be down by 20. Um, and uh, it's just, you know, uh, I thought it'd take us a little longer to get back to where we needed to be. But, man, it's it's cool to watch where we're at. And it's fun to watch these guys. They they, lo- they love to play for each other. They play hard. They're having fun. And it, they're just they're refreshing to watch. Let's uh, squeeze in a call before we let you go, Doug. Allen is on the air. Go ahead, Allen. Um, at two points, uh, first, I haven't heard anybody talk about how well Corbello has been playing help defense here in the last three or four games. There's been many times where somebody will be in the middle of the lane and he'll go off of his guy and keep uh, the other guy from you know turning left or right and then causing him to pass the ball out. I think he's really gotten good at that. Um, and my second point is I wonder if anybody's worried about um, – Kobe getting called for more fouls once we get into the tournament. It seems like we've had a problem with that in the past where the NCAA officials are more uh, picky than what the Big Ten officials are. Okay, Alan, thanks. We'll let uh, Doug attack some of that. And uh, start with Corbello real quick, Doug. Well, I I think uh, Corbello, one of the great things is he's the energizer bunny. So he uh, is rebounding. Uh, his nose for the ball, and that goes to help defense. Um, he does a great job. Uh, he doesn't get enough credit. So when, when his defender turns, uh, his offensive player turns the, his back, he will leave him and, and, and go uh, and double team. He, but he's able to recover. 
So that's something that he has um, figured out, uh, especially the last month. Uh, you know, he got a little bit um, squeezed against Ohio State, but uh, they're good at that screening and rescreening and screening again. Um, but yeah, his his uh, his his nose for the ball, his help defense, his rebounding. Uh, they don't talk about that enough, and that's a that's a really good observation. Uh, in regard to Kofi, yeah, you're you're dead on. I mean, they're not going to let you put your hands on guys, and, uh, uh, and 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 if Kofi does that in the tournament, he's going to be sitting on the bench. I mean, the NCAA, the refs, um, you know, are, are all from all over the country, and there there's an adjustment that you need to make. And uh, Kofi's got to you know just you know don't put his hands on people. And uh, just use his size and his presence, uh, and trust his teammates to to help him out, um, so that if he gets beat on the drive or whatever, uh, it's key for him to. It's okay, let a guy score, just don't foul because you only got five of them. Um, but yeah, he'll have to. And that goes back to playing in the tournament, you know, making those adjustments and not the officials not knowing your game that much. Um, it, it's and then getting an understanding of the flow and how the officials are going to call it. So, you know, you, you got to, um, you know, that's that's just getting a feel for it. So it'll be interesting because once we get into that, playing other teams and having different officials that aren't used to watching you play. I mean, that guy is a, you know, uh, they were comparing him uh, to Shaq uh, on the CBS telecast. I mean, that's how big and strong he is. You know, you just don't see him that that big anymore in the college hoops for whatever reason. Doug, we appreciate your time as always. We'll uh, we'll talk to you again before it's all over with in this postseason. But thanks for taking time to visit with us. Yeah, no, no problem, guys. And uh, thanks for having me on. And, and go Alina. We'll talk Doug. to you soon. Doug Altenberger with us. When you take a quick break, we'll do that. Uh, Steve, who is on the line, hang on. We'll get with you in just a moment. Welcome back to the show. Final 10 minutes or so here on DWS Monday Night Sports Talk. Thanks to Doug Altenberger for spending some time with us, Steve. And thanks for holding on during that commercial break. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, guys. It's uh, good to hear from you. I haven't been able to do this uh, most of this year. But I have a couple of comments and maybe a question. I was really happy to see Bozeman's Verdant on the court again. I think he'll be a big asset next year if he can stay healthy. And I'm wondering what happened with Coleman Hawkins. He he was in a lot, and then all of a sudden I haven't seen him for over a week. And I would think that, you know, with George, if Georgie comes in and struggles, he's a perfect guy to put in there. He's 6'10". He played point guard in high school. I mean, the guy's got a lot of I think you'll see a you'll see a lot of Coleman Hawkins at some point on this uh, basketball team. Maybe not yet this year. They've kind of got the rotation down, Scott. To basically, it's an eight man rotation. Yeah, here's the thing: when it's postseason time, you go with the guys that are going to 100 percent win you games. Guys and, that got you there. Yeah, and you know Coleman Hawkins had some really good moments during the season, but I mean, if you can play eight guys play eight guys. I mean, if you can play seven guys sometimes, that's fine. You want your best, absolute best players on the court at this time of year. And um, like the brief playing time for um, Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk there was just simply because against Luka Garza, he was the next most physical guy that they could put in there and just 
you know, hope and pray for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, it, he's a enigma to me just because you know, he hasn't gotten a real opportunity because of his injuries and we don't know what he'll be, but you know, maybe what else you got, Steve? Uh, just a question. Uh, I don't know what you, I'd like to hear what you guys think. Uh, me and my, uh, buddies have thought all year that the officiating is biased against us. And I know we kind of feel that way, but I'm dead serious. And I even think it was terrible in that game. By the way, Doug, you can't put your hands on somebody. How'd you like to bear hug E.J. Liddell put on Kofi? Well, they called a foul on him. Uh, how many fouls? Close to 50 fouls. 49 maybe it was the total value. It was pretty much even. Yeah, and the championship game, they called it tighter than they had the yeah. rest of the week, which doesn't make sense to me. But, uh, I mean, every team thinks the officials are against them. It's just I'm so over that complaint and argument that I don't even want to talk about it. Okay, that's fine. Thanks. Yep, thank you, Steve. Appreciate uh, the call. And you're right. Every fan base thinks they get a, a raw deal on officiating, and it's a very difficult game to call. Just ask James Augustine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You could ask a lot of Just ask uh, <laughs> the guy that didn't call the traveling on Dickie Beals at uh, Kentucky years ago that Bruce Douglas uh, talked about with us over the weekend. There's all kinds of things like that. And there's all kinds of strange things that happen in the NCAA tournament. So, Which is why we love it. Don't pencil yourself into anybody. Don't pencil anybody into the Final Four quite yet. There's a lot to, to be done before then. Yeah, although I will still fill out a bracket. And sure you just, will. And just be incredibly wrong by the time <laughs> April hits. Just, that's a, it's an annual tradition that I just can't stop. There's only one uh, 16 to have beaten a one, but there's a few 15s that take down twos and 14s and threes, those kind of things, and those things happen. Yeah, I think I, I talked to Sheldon Jacobson last month, uh, kind of the bracketology expert, the U of I computer science professor who runs Bracket Odds uh, over there. And I think he, one of his answers to me, I think there's nine quintillion different combinations for That's the NCAA tournament. I don't know how many zeros that is, but it sounds like quite a few. And I think all of us that fill out a bracket feel confident when we do so and then realize probably by Friday afternoon it's going to be half wrong and just be okay with that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, Matt Daniels is going to tell you about a special section coming up in the News Gazette. We'll do that and wrap things up after this. Stay with us. 5.58 on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. Coming up tonight at 7 o'clock on the Fighting Illini Sports Network, which includes WDWS and WHMS. A special show tonight from our friends at Learfield. Brian Barnhart will host the show along with Brad Underwood, Josh Whitman, and Brett Bielma, that's coming up at 7 o'clock here and on Light Rock 97.5. And coming up tomorrow, is that right, Matthew? Yeah, we've got a, an eight-page commemorative special section uh, focused in on the Big Ten Tournament Championship uh, for Illinois. Uh, we also have the full bracket as well for the NCAA Tournament. We've also got a regular sports section as well. Uh, our player poster series continues. So that'll be all be in Tuesday's News Gazette, and then Thursday we've got an NCAA tournament special section coming as well. So plenty of content and copy coming your way. And Scott Ritchie will and be on the scene. Yes, Scott will be there Friday at Farmers Coliseum wearing his overalls. <laughs> <laughs> Bibs. Yeah, get my boots. <laughs> I'll be ready to go. Well, that'll be fun. We'll look forward to all that uh, coverage coming up uh, in the newspaper and right here on these radio stations as well. 
couple of other notes real quick. Uh, the men's and women's golf teams from uh, Illinois in action today and tomorrow, and the Illini men, not surprisingly, in first place after the first round at the uh, Louisiana Classics. The Illini women playing in South Carolina, their ninth after the first round. And again, that show coming up tonight at 7 o'clock features Brad Underwood, Josh Whitman, and Brett Bielma. Matthew, thank you. Thanks, Steve. Scott, thank you. Good luck uh, in Indianapolis. Pack uh, enough clothes for a lengthy stay. Well, I'll be coming back. Well, if we let you come back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You might be told to stay over there and find some more stories. You really should cover the game in overalls on Friday. Appreciate you listening tonight, everybody. Bob, we miss you. I hope you, uh, you'll be back with us soon on WDWS in Champaign-Urbana.